Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content, not just the Frontline with Joe and Joe. And we really appreciate your feedback. You could go on veritascatholic.com and there's a section in there for you to provide any feedback you like, good, bad, or indifferent. We'd love to hear from you. Um, this station is for you and for your benefit. So any opinions you have are, of course, valued. Um, and and uh, remember, we're an EWTN affiliate, and we have great original programming, so you could comment on any of it. And finally, if you'd like to follow Joe and I um, on social media, you can find us at The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube, The Frontline with Joe and Joe, and Joe on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, share. Do all that fun stuff. And today we're very pleased and honored to be joining uh, to be joined by Christopher Castagnoli. And uh, Joe and I pride ourselves on having this is a show for the regular man, the regular Catholic. OK, um, you know, people, we, we talk in very simple terms. We have PhDs in common sense. OK, um, and we say that all the time. That's what Chris is. But Chris has a very interesting story. He is a New York guy. I'm going to get into that when I give Chris a little bit of a bio um, on what he does. And he's got something important. And we have something important to talk about here, which is going to be prayer. Joe and I hammer on the show all the time. The need to start with the A or get back to the ABCs, particularly Catholics in America. And yeah, that starts with prayer. That's with, that's with getting on your knees and, and praying to God for his grace um, and to deliver us from what is a very, very sad and evil time in human history. So this is an important conversation to have. Christopher Castagnoli, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. Now, real quick, I just want to, for those of you who, who do not know Chris, I'm going to give a quick introduction. Christopher Castagnoli is a lay volunteer at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. He converted to the faith in 1999 and was baptized at the Easter Vigil by his eminence, John Cardinal O'Connor at St. Patrick's. Uh, Chris has since been involved as a cathedral at the cathedral as a lector, a catechist with their and a catechist with their RCIA program. Um, so Chris is Chris has been around the block, particularly in the uh, in the New York City area. So thanks once again, Chris, for coming on the show. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Chris, we always begin with the prayer because God knows Joe and I need prayers. Um, and we always pray to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Chris, as Joe said, um, you are a friend of the show, and you're the second person from St. Patrick's to be on our show. The first is Don Haggerty, Father Donald Haggerty. He's a very good friend of the show. Um, he's been on twice. We love Father Don. He's a very holy priest. Uh, with that said, you know, you have something to say. You, you're you teach RCIA. I've taught RCIA, and I want to compare notes with you, and I'm very interested to see what you're seeing in New York City. But first, I want to start with you. You converted to the faith in 1999, and frankly, I find that interesting because you're Italian. And why I say that is this. When you're Italian, you're born Catholic. It's a given. I was Italian. I mean, I'm a, I am Italian, but you eat pasta on Sunday, you go to church. You're, you're Catholic. What how, what was the break? I mean, were that's, you not to tell us about it? No, that's the funny thing about this. My, I was born from a mixed marriage. My mother was Jewish. My father was, was Catholic. He didn't really practice much. But for some reason, my grandparents sent my mother, to make a long story short, to a Catholic school in high school. And some seed was planted there. And then years later, after my grandparents passed away, 
you know, may they rest in peace. And my mom, and this was funny because my mom passed away from cancer in 2001. So to make a long story short, she decided to, you know, I want to convert. Would you like to join me? Go, oh, whatever. And then when I was in the RCA, it was almost like the Holy Spirit just grabbed me, just jump on into the, you know, just jump on into the water kind of, you know? And, and that was, that was how it happened. Cause I was, I was, I went to Horace Mann, I went to Brandeis. I was very Goyish a Jew. I mean, we had, we had a Christmas tree. <laughs> so I didn't really follow religion much of any, of any of it. I mean, it just, it was just kind of an abstraction, you know, I mean, that, and I'm not happy about that part of my life. I'm just grateful that it was able to, to, to find, to get to Catholicism, to get to the fullness of the fullness of the faith, which we have. And just all that wonderful transcendence it's not this is not all that it is but that's to make a long story short is um you know we, we converted in, in that, both of us at the easter vigil in 1999 and i joined the rca in 2001 and my mom passed away from cancer she, she you know that's the, the timing on it was just fascinating you know it just it's almost like the holy spirit i've always said i think my guardian angel if i had to pay him i wouldn't have enough money I, he's, Let me, he's fair enough <laughs> god knows i'd be dead that's that's a fact uh, my yeah, name my guardian angel daily dowd after a homeless man who i was friends with I, i'm convinced he's kept me alive there's no doubt in my mind you know it's funny about what you said chris we had an interview with uh with joseph pierce recently we were talking about you said you said you didn't like that time of your life. And that was kind of like one of the themes in, in one of the questions that came up with Joseph Pierce was that, yeah, but if, if those things, let's say that we didn't like in our earlier life didn't happen and God didn't pull us out of it, then we wouldn't be, we, we wouldn't be where we are and close to Christ in his church. And for that, like, you know, I could just speak for myself. Um, Joseph's a similar situation. Like for a long time, I didn't practice the faith. I didn't go anywhere else, but I certainly wasn't what you would call a Catholic in any meaningful way. Um, but if it wasn't for all that, then, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's interesting. It's, you say that it's just, it's an interesting way when you look back on your life, just how, just how God was operative at that, those moments that where maybe you didn't think he was. What are your comments on that? That's, it's fascinating because um, they say it's not, I think it was St. Augustine, I, I get these things wrong, I'm sorry, guys, but it's not how you begin, it's how you end. And I sometimes feel sorry for, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, but sometimes cradle Catholics, if you, if you don't understand the supernatural faith of it at an early age, you may, you know, rebel and say, okay, I don't want to bother with this nonsense, I've had it, and particularly with the scandals. But what I thought was good for me is, is because for me, the, the Trinity was um, loves and sex, drugs and rock and roll. It was more drugs and rock and roll. I was just kind of drifting for years. My mother and I had a theatrical merchandising business that did fairly well, but it was kind of a money pit. And I was, I was in the Songwriters Guild. I never went anywhere with it. I was reasonably talented, but not, you know, it wasn't meant to be, obviously. But the point is, I can look back on that part of my life as a big drift. And I, I feel sorry for a lot of kids today. It was like, they'll land that Pink Floyd song about, you know, waiting for someone to show you the way, you know, now 10 years have gone behind, you know, yeah. you've the starting gun. And that I felt I can, I can relate to that because that was me. I mean, I was smoking like a chimney when I was at Camp Brandeis. I mean, I don't mean cigarettes either. I mean, I was I with you. Know. We may have uh, run in, into similar shows. <laughs> Dick, maybe you had a Grateful <laughs> Dead show, Chris. I, guys, I, I, oh, yeah, Captain. Right, yeah, but, remember, <laughs> well, that was, well, that was the thing, guys, about the 70s. It was the whole, that was the Trinity. The Holy Trinity was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean, it's just, you were supposed to somehow be more inebriated. You were supposed to be the rebel. You were, and, this, this, and, and I think, I think that unfortunately that, that, that came into the church too as well, because we had to reinvent the church. We can talk about, you know, that's a, hours on that. Well, we, we, but, we will talk about that. We're, we'll, we'll get into the, uh, I think later on in the program, uh, we're going to get into the culture war a little bit. I think, yeah, no rush. I think it was deliberate, but let's, let's continue. Oh, yeah. Um, we'd like to know. And so, oh, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you said something I didn't know uh, about you, and I want to comment. You're clearly come from an intellectual background. Horace Mann is a phenomenal high school, and Brandeis is one of the best, like uh, outside of like liberal arts education in the Catholic world, one of the, the highest rated ca uh, liberal arts educations in America. I mean, juxtapose that from what you've learned since. I mean, clearly it's a night and day. I had friends that went to Vassar College, which is very similar to Brandeis. Brandeis. And frankly, um, they came from Catholic homes and they're gone, way gone from the church. I mean, I, I mean, and I attribute it, frankly, to that education. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being judgmental. But talk about that experience, because I think a lot of people who have children who are gifted, clearly you are intellectually, let's call it like it is, and you got you know into such a school. Um, people send their kids to these schools and they they don't teach absolute truth. They guide their, 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 I mean, talented people not taken away from them. They do very well in life, but they're not guided towards holiness. Talk about that. That's the thing about, you know, when I was at Brandeis, as I say, 
I mean, this is, it, I would have a great deal of respect for the Jewish tradition, but since I converted, I find myself in this kind of awkward situation. Like I had a, a great friend of mine. Oh, he was a phenomenal guitar player. He was just great. He became a lawyer. And I, when I wrote, emailed him, we kind of lost touch with each other. And I emailed him about it, converted to Catholicism, but I still thought there was a Judeo-Christian tradition. I never heard back from him because he was of this mindset. And it's very sad that Christian anti-Semitism anti so hardened some of these people. And you probably see this with the secular world. They see a cross and they think it's burning. I'm not trying to exaggerate, but there's that hardness of heart. That, Where does well, that we come from, Chris? I'll be honest with you. I don't understand that. Like, I I have Jewish friends. I really do. And and, right. and I, I work on Wall Street. I, I have many Jewish friends, and I get along very well with everybody, to be honest with you. I never understood that maybe it's something i'm 52 i mean maybe it's not my generation where does that come from well i'll give you one example i mean like it or not like my friend my friend mark he looked i was very goyish looking he he looked he, he had anti-semitic problems hassles in his high school i mean um i had another another friend of mine named ben who went to brandeis and they put in his yearbook hope you have fun with all the jews so the point is there's still a residual anti-semitism out there which hardens the heart of jews who would otherwise be converted and that's the to me the tragedy. I said this to my wife sometimes. I got so mad at Annis and Kaifitz. It's like, what did you guys need? I mean, there was the 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 um the temple the, the, the temple was the the veil was torn in two. There was an earthquake. There were people coming out of their graves saying, "What's wrong with you?" Jesus is walking around, and you still don't believe in him. I, I shouldn't blame it all on Annis and Kaifitz, but that hardness of heart, I think, transcended. And then you have the Jews who want to believe in the Messiah. I mean, I respect that. But I, they're not able to make that leap. And sometimes the families, I've heard of families where, where people convert. And a friend of mine said, um, she felt very bad because her, her family said, you're dead to us because you converted to, to, to Catholicism, to Christianity. I think it's that kind of a wound from residual anti-Semitism. I, I can't speak for everybody, but I think that, that some of that's in there. Okay, that's I fair. Think, I think Mother Miriam alluded to that, too. We had Mother Miriam a couple years ago on the show. She kind oh, of she's great. a she's little great. bit to that. Um, but she saw... And she was very enlightening. Joe and I here, Chris, at the front line with Joe and Joe, we, we want to be also educated by our viewers. We want to know their experiences, not just you know, what they know from, let's say, uh, from an informational point of view, but from an experiential point of view. Mother Miriam said, I walked into a Catholic church. Now, this is after she left conservative Judaism in Brooklyn to mm -hmm. Pentecostalism. She said, I walked into a Catholic church and it was, it was a synagogue with Jesus. Uh -huh. her, her heart and her mind were open, and it stuck with there me since go. then. And the more I find out about Old Testament Judaism, it literally did carry over into oh. the Catholic liturgy. I mean, when you Absolutely. look at the like the 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 the, the parallels, um, and and you know, from, or, or the continuation, I should say, from let's say Old Testament sacrifice through to the Catholic Mass. If you're an have an open mind, you would say, looks awfully Jew, looks awfully Old Testament to me. What are your thoughts on that? Old Testament revealed, New Testament, no, Old Testament concealed, New Testament revealed. I think about that sometimes when I'm praying the, um, the mystery of the, the presentation with Simeon. And I'm thinking, what did Simeon know that some of these Jews don't know? And then I say to myself, what did Simeon know that I don't know? As you said, it was thoroughly Judaic. I mean, Anna the prophetess. I mean, they were in the temple. That was the whole point. It was, it was just, we are not so much abolishing Judaism. We're just simplifying things. We're extending it to the to the world to the gentiles it was originally called the the ways you guys remember with the 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 most destructive breach came after ad 70 and of course there were problems beforehand with diet and the, the the council of jerusalem in 49 ad i think it was that whole thing about where you eat and what you eat you know but the point i'm making is that that's the tragedy of the whole thing is that jesus you know he's not an interloper and i, I would still it's interesting the pharisees said well you must be from the devil well no first off no because he didn't say we don't need those 10 commandments anymore just try. no he said no we follow the 10 commandments I'm not here right. to abolish. I'm here to fulfill. Now, it seems like an abstract notion to many, and I still don't quite honest. I couldn't explain it properly myself. But there is that notion of it's not being abolished. It's being fulfilled. We're stripping Absolutely. down the 613 rules, but we're still very much we're devoted to God, God the Father, and Jesus giving us that wonderful example of obedience to God the Father. Even he, he is God is God, but he's still saying, this is how you should be. It's Absolutely. amazing. Chris Castagnoli is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network. Chris um, is a catechist at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. He's been around the block, convert to the Catholic Church in 1999. Um, 
And he's getting back to some ABCs here. He's got a website. Um, and, and that's one of the things you want to talk about, Joe Resinello. Yes, your website basically is a depository of traditional Catholic prayers. Talk a little bit about what's on it for people. Obviously, uh, for our listeners out there, if you want to contact Chris or check out his website, it's www.ourcatholicprayersoneword.com. Talk a little bit about the website, Chris. What's on it? What will our listeners find when they go check it out? Oh, yeah. Um, I, the nice thing about it is I kind of grew it gradually. I have all the classics, the, um, you know, the Apostles' Creed, um, the Memorare. Um, I'm just looking at some of my notes here. It's a lot, a lot of good stuff. Um, act of Faith, Act of Love, Honor and Christi. Of course, the Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. Um, also, a little, little commentary on each of them. Um, the way I came across in, in 2006 starting this was a web host that suggested, because I was thinking at the time, maybe I should just do like Jesus merchandise or something crass because I was in the theatrical merchandising business. But they said, no, develop a website where you're not an expert. You're explaining things to people. So it, invi it, it invited me in a sense to do some research about these things. Like with the Magnificat, there was a thing, a line in there. I would say, um, Mary's soul is uplifted by the Lord. What about, it magnifies the Lord. What about you? Or just little things like that. You know, um, as far as the categories, it grew in terms of like things like devotions. We've got the morning prayers, evening prayers, the rosary, this nice scriptural rosary. Because sometimes that's good. I've also been going into a little bit of church approved private revelations. I have something on the assumption, for example, church approved. And I always say, you don't have to believe this, but it can help with your meditations. And that's that's part of the fun of it for me. Um, communion prayers, confession prayers, communion prayers. You have that wonderful prayer from St. Padre Pio after communion. Stay with me, Lord, for you know how easily I abandon you. And sometimes I think of that as just something I have to think about sometimes in communion. Because if St. Padre Pio can say that, who am I to go, oh, Jesus, me like that, not like those slobs over there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> No, but that's, I mean, it's so important because when you read, let's say, prayers that are composed by saints, they really are, look, praying the rosary is obviously something that's given to us by Our Lady, all right? And let's be clear, it could get dry sometimes, okay? And yet we still have to persevere in our prayer. All prayer could get dry. I think the good, uh, the, the, the best thing, the way I look at it is with websites like yours, you're giving, you're giving people more, more water for their prayers, to 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 uh, get rid of the aridity, maybe sometimes that occurs because you're adding more prayers, prayers from the saints, prayers from the saints that help us to reflect on maybe what we're what's going on in our lives. You know what I mean? And break through what can become monotonous. I'm not, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. No, no, it's, 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 more, it's, it's, it's has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with the prayers. That has to do with us. Okay, but it's good to be able to provide fellow Catholics say, "Hey, did you see this particular chaplet to Saint Michael? Or did you see? Uh, have you have you prayed the Angelus? That's a short one. The CFRs all pray that before every mass. You know, like in many orders do. So, it's it's really an awesome resource to be able to to, to dig in and to add some prayers to your normal prayer life um and 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 kind of like you know like i said you know get, you know get rid of the dryness that could occur one thing i have to add on that too and this is a problem i still have so, you know this is great to be able to talk like this when you have the driest i think when the rich page i did you know way back i said you should try to pray anyway and say to god i'm sorry my mind's in 16 different places sometimes even today i won't oh i don't want to get to the rosary because i won't have the proper meditation and somebody's going to say god Okay, today I'm not having this great conversation with you about a particular mystery, but I, it's important. Blessed Mother said, this is still part of the armor of God. So the idea is to, make, to, to tell people, like we all go through the Apostles' Creed, the um, Nicene Creed on autopilot sometimes. I believe in God, the Father, Almighty, Creator of the earth. <laughs> sometimes we'll just do that. It, it, Jesus knows that. But if you would say to him, yes, I understand. Just keep going. Persevere. I had a, a confessor a long time ago used to say, persevere, persevere, you know, and and, and that's part of it. I mean, dryness is going to happen. Dry, St. John of the Cross, for Pete's sake, talking about dryness. I mean, that's – and, oh, I love this. This is fun. Not fun, but when Mother Teresa came out to think that there was some dryness in her life, some of the atheists said, see? See what? So she was – I mean, it, it's not like there's going to be – unicorns and and rainbows all the time that's the point what jesus said i mean yeah. he was in the desert for 40 days for pete's sake that's it bothered me christopher christopher castagnoli joining us here at the front line with joe and joe and i'm going to hand it back over to joe it bothered me so much i try not to get angry at the at the modern atheists it's very difficult because they say uh some really really insulting and offensive things and we as catholics have some pretty thick skin but he doesn't pick on us. He picked on Mother Teresa, talk about Sam Harris in particular. And he used what you just said to say, you see, she really doesn't believe that stuff. 
No, yes, she does. Okay, like you said, what, what, when did Catholicism become, like you said, all unicorns and rainbows? Okay, the homily I heard recently had all to do with suffering and, and our idea of, you know, accepting suffering or maybe those times in our lives where we feel distant from God. This is not new to us. This has been around for 2,000 years. I hate when they do that. I hate when they do that and then they disparage a good woman like that, saying because she very simply made a comment, there have been times in my life that I, I didn't feel close to God. It's disgusting, if you, if you want to know. Personally, that's, that's how I feel about it. The great thing about it as a Catholic is it's helpful because it's like what St. Paul said. Um, I want what I do not want. That's a wonderful thing in Romans. I, I love that because he said, yeah, I'm a wretch. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, Jesus he knows we're not perfect. We, we know he says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. But you don't want to be solo scriptura and say, okay, I'm not perfect today. So I got to drop the whole thing. No, you just, it's a continual process. What I have a Chris self, like you guys have the same thing, I'm sure. I have a Chris self and I have a Christ self. And sometimes the Chris self doesn't want to bother returning the phone call. I don't want to bother us. And the Christ self, it's like actual grace. He nudges, oh, come on, just do this. And it's a matter of listening to that Christ self that he, but it, it's all by invitation, but he wants to, he wants us to want it. He's not going to impose it. And that's the thing. That's where we get in trouble because he's not going to impose it. Chris, on, on your website, you say this, the most important thing is to persevere in prayer life on your journey with God. St. Hillary once said, grace depends mostly on perseverance in prayer. I pick that out because it's so on point because here's the thing holiness doesn't come from us mother Teresa we were talking about mother Teresa this is what she used to say you can't give what you don't have I'm going to repeat that you can't give what you don't have if you ask me for a million dollars I can't give it to you because I don't have it I don't have it. Well, grace comes from God. And, and Mother Teresa illustrated that by the rosary. She used the joyful mystery. She said, Mary received Christ in the Annunciation, and then she went out in the visitation to give him away. And how do we do that? It's by prayer, daily prayer. That there's no secret to this. Talk about your daily prayer because your website gives wonderful resources. And you know, not everybody's the same. I'll, first, before I ask you that, because I don't want to put you on the spot, I'll tell you mine. I wake up in the morning, I pray the Magnificat, I read the daily readings of the Magnificat, I then do the Divine Mercy Chaplet, I go in the shower, I go to Mass at noon when I can in New York City, and then me and my wife pray the rosary together. That is my daily prayer life. Now, not everyone is the same, but it's something. Why? Because nothing comes from me. What is, what's your prayer life? Because on your website, you give so many options. I start in the morning. I, I should not to be vulgar. I call my, my let's become like my six pack. Um, I do the three. I read this a long time ago, but the three Hail Marys. You say the Hail Mary by the Immaculate Conception of Mary, make my body pure and my soul holy. Mom, preserve me this day from mortal sin. You say it, the three Hail Marys without interspersed. I do that. I do a morning offering. And I always say, for the intentions of the Holy Father, may they be yours and yours alone, dear Lord, and no one else's. I kind of add that. Um, the prayer of the Holy Spirit, prayer to St. Joseph, the guardian angel prayer, and the St. Michael prayer. And then I'm always asking for assistance because I mean, those are the greats. You know, St. Joseph, um, what is it? Um, St. Teresa of Avila said, like, she's an incredible intercessor. So, I mean, we need all the help we can get. Then um, I'll pray for general impression intentions on the Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. I do that in Latin because I read somewhere the devil hates Latin. I mean, I go to Novus Ordo Masses, but he have, if he hates Latin, it's fact, it was funny because it was a Novus Ordo Mass where I learned how to pray the Our Father in Latin because Cardinal Dolan does this every time. How de mustice pater nostra. And it took me a while to get all the words, but now I've got it. So I figured if the devil hates Latin, I'll throw that in. You know, I'll try to do what I can. Um, and midday, I'll do the Angelus of the Regina Chaley. I'm going to do the St. Michael Chaplet. Not as much. i got to get into that more. It's a wonderful chaplet. But I have to do the St. Michael prayer after mass, which, by the way, Vincent Ferris is starting to do that. We should be doing that all over the place. I mean, that should that was dropped, I think, after Vatican II. We need to which, which one is it's that? The, the St. Michael prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. I, I'll tell you what. I, I think every, every Novus Ordo parish I've been in, with a few exceptions, okay, over the last, let's say, five or six years, prays the St. Michael prayer after after this. Now, I go to traditional Latin mass now. Okay. Um, and, and, but I have, I, I don't want to get anybody the wrong impression. Um, that's just a, a choice of mine. Obviously, I, I, I go to the Novus Ordo also often. St. Michael after every Mass. So a lot of individual parishes, um, even though, like you said, they kind of dropped it after Vatican II, a lot of individual priests, individual pastors, end of every Mass, everybody prays a Hail Mary and a, and a, and a St. Michael prayer. Um, and, 
And it's funny, you mentioned the Novus Ordo. I was at uh, Regina Pachis in Brooklyn when I first got married back in 2013. Um, and that's a Novus Ordo uh, parish, which had just been named a minor basilica. We were mandated by the pastor, by Monsignor, that we had to pray the Our Father in Latin. And six months after, six months after, it was funny because he's like, I have it printed, everyone. It's on the inside of the missile. You have the English version on one side. You have the Latin on the other. But I still hear people praying it in English. We are a minor basilica, (laughs) and we must pray the Our Father in Latin. I thought it was great, but guess what? From that, and you're right, I had probably heard around the same time Christopher Castagnoli joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe, I probably heard around the same time that the devil hates Latin. And I took that, learned the Pater Noster, then learned the Hail Mary, then learned the Glory Be, and now when my wife and I pray the Rosary, we pray the Rosary in Latin. Um, I love you. I still do it in English, but that's great. Yeah, and, and you know why? A lot of it has to do with, yes, I am, in, I am a sinner in need of protection from the devil. Um, so if he hates Latin... I have to give them kind of a double dose, if you know what I mean. That's right. Oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Now, I do the rosary every day as well. Um, sometimes what I'll do, like if, if at local parishes, St. Vincent Ferro, sometimes I'll just take a little time in front of the tabernacle to pray the rosary. And I also do this prayer called the Golden Arrow, which is on my site. It was from 1843. It was one of those that Jesus gave um, a French nun named um, Marie de Saint-Pierre. It was in reparation for the sins of blasphemy and irreverence. It's part of the Holy Face devotion, but I, I kind of like doing it because what it is, I call it like it's a pleasing projectile for Jesus. He likes it. It could shoot an arrow that makes him feel good. I mean, God puts up with so much from us. I did a page once, make God smile. I mean, it puts up with so much. I mean, you could say, well, why'd you let, I mean, this is one of those mysteries we don't understand that he will allow the demonic to inhabit our space-time continuum. But as Father Ripperger said, I've followed him to somewhat degree. Jesus will allow us to have that so we can choose him instead. And most people don't even have the inkling of that. I mean, they just see all the evil. Well, don't join evil. Don't turn away from God because there's all this horrible stuff happening. That's where you have to turn to God more. And that's what we have to work on. And also, one other thing, I do an offering prayer. Sometimes, you guys must have this. Like, let's say I go to the dentist or there's a problem with the car or something. I do a little offering prayer for the conversion of sinners, forgiveness of sins, reparation for sins, and the salvation of souls. And I put a line from the... um. Fatima prayers for the conversion of poor sinners and a reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I want to do that because it's the whole notion of uniting our sufferings to Jesus. And he's, you know, he took care of us in a ma- in a macro sense, but each of us in a micro sense, then can, our sufferings on the cross. Mary Cardinal O'Connor used to talk about this when I first came in, and I didn't quite get it, but now I understand it more and more. And the point is, your sufferings, your offering might bring that person you don't even know into church, or might keep that other person out of hell. In fact, Sister Josefa Menendez, I did a whole bunch of stuff on her. She would have nights literally in hell, and Jesus would come back to her the next day. We saved some people. Now, again, our God is not a sadistic killjoy, but he's saying, in effect, I need your, your prayers. I need your, I need your help. He, it's a very, it's a partnership. I've, just, I've always come back to that. It's a Chris, your prayer life is phenomenal, and it's edifying to hear, and thank God you're teaching people the faith. I'll be honest with you, because that's where I think there's the mis. Like you could have everything academically down in the faith. It's like an iceberg. The iceberg is very deep under the water. And that's the prayer life part. I said this to Joe when we started this, this endeavor. The closer we get to God, the better the show will be. The better the show will be. Because God will work through us. Because Irregardless of what you have to say, if God's not working through you, and how do we do that? We empty yourself of self and we fill us with just things you're talking about. I want to gear that towards what you're seeing in the RCIA program. I taught RCIA for a while, so did Joe Pasillo. What are the types of folks that are coming through St. Patrick's? It's New York City. I'm sure you get all types. Christopher Castagnoli, we're gonna, I'm going to have to cut you up, and, and we're going to hold over your answer to the to after the break, okay? Yeah. Uh, okay? It is radio after all, so we do have to take a quick break. So uh, we'd ask you all to hang in there. This is a great conversation because Joe and I are talking about every show I say in the introduction, we're spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. A basic of the truth is prayer, prayer. The saints say it, pray ceaselessly like your life depended on it because it does. So stick around for the rest of this conversation. I'm learning something. Joe Resinello's learning something. And we know that you're going to learn something uh, to deepen 
where Christopher is going to help us to give us ways where we could deepen our prayer life. So uh, you're listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. And we are spreading that truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Um, So stick around. We'll be right back. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We are way in the breach with Christopher Castagnoli, and we are discussing prayers, traditional Catholic prayers. Chris's website is www.ourcatholicprayers.com. Um, I am going to bookmark that on my, on my what do you call that, my browser on my computer and make sure that I check my computer every day and go and look at the different prayers that I could be adding to my prayer life. And now with that, now Joe had asked about RCIA before the break, Chris. Um, so if you don't mind following through on that, what are you seeing in the Diocese of New York in your experience and uh, through your experience in RCIA? Well, it's interesting because we don't get, we don't have, just, you know, some years we've had 10 people, sometimes 12, one year we had two. Sometimes there are people coming in because of spout, because of the way they're getting married. Um, for the most part, people are, are interested. They're not, I've had, had, never had too many problems. Um, my, my fellow catechist, Manlet, he's very good. I tend to be the 30,000 foot guy. My wife helps me teach. She, she's great on sacraments. She's, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing anyway. <laughs> but um, to make a long story short, what we try to do, and I've not had any pushback on this, is we just want to give the real, we, we want to have the, it's four last things, it's not two. For example, I tell them your soul is valuable real estate. We had one interesting lady from Vietnam. She was, this was so sweet. She was so quiet a couple of years ago. She was like a church mouse. She was like, and then suddenly something happened. And she wanted, during the pandemic, we had a, a, a baptism ceremony in September 2020, and she was glowing. I love that. I mean, I think that's part of it is, is we just try to educate them on the nuts and bolts of the basics. As I said, you know, there is a sense of sin. There is a sense of transcendence. There's a supernatural aspect. Supernatural faith is crucial. And I haven't had too much resistance. Every now and then we get some people a little off, but, you know, that's life. I mean, some they come in, sometimes they don't. You know, sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. We just do what we can, you know. But the problem is, and Joe, in my experience with the RCIA instructors, no disrespect, God loved them, okay? Um, they're the ones that gave the resistance. <laughs> I'm speaking for Joe. Joe got kicked out of RCIA. I got thrown out of RCIA. I was about to be. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Oh, I so know. No, my coordinator, Sue Ann Nielsen, she's great. She's we're on the same wave. Like I've got, I've got, I can talk about something like one of our, one of my colleagues at, at, at church said uh, he was in a program where the nun said, well, we're not big. We're not the nun, the, the, the lay person. Well, we're not big on purgatory. We're not big on the rosary. Uh, excuse me. I mean, you've got to be able to talk about. It. Otherwise, this is maybe why. Why does it say you guys, you gentlemen, I should say gentlemen, probably know this better than I do. Was it seventy-five percent? Some ridiculous number. Don't believe in the real presence. You just going up there it and all the it? time, Chris. We talk about it all the time. It's 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 sad. I mean, it's hard enough to it's hard enough to 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 convert people or to catechize people or evangelize people to come into the church. When you have you, we have our own problems internally. We need to re-catechize and re-evangelize people. I needed it. I mean, I think I always believed in the real presence somewhere, okay, but I certainly wasn't respecting Jesus in the Eucharist, those, those occasions that I did go to church. Had I known what I know now, I would never, ever have received communion, okay? Um, the things, that's why, I th- it, it, see, we have a two-pronged 
uh, problem right now. We are uh, a, a battle on two fronts or more than two fronts, but these are two main fronts is one. We have a battle with the world, the flesh and the, the devil. But then we have we have a battle inside the church where we have to help others to understand that's Jesus on the on the altar. That's not a symbol. It's not a cracker. It's not. A, it doesn't look it, it might look like bread, but it's not. OK, I mean, this is the teaching of the church. Well, I, I love this because I, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is so great. I, I just had a page called calling on my 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 um, podcast slash blog called calling all Doubt, doubting Thomases where I point out there's a book from Blessed Cardinal um, Carlo Acutis. He documents a whole bunch of Eucharistic miracles. There's a woman named Joan Carol Cruz from Tan Books. She did some great stuff on this. It, it, what this was an allegory. I mean, it didn't allegorically, there, you know, you can't tell me there's a host of the blood emits from a host. There was one from like the 12th century, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the exact number. I'm sorry. Exact date. But they found human blood in it. I mean, that's what the great thing about God. Every now and then he gives us little clues. It's like, yes, I am real. This is there. I'm, I'm it. He was, was tested Joseph of Menendez in Christ's Appeal to Love. I put that on my page of Jesus, Joseph, and the Eucharist. You can tell he's almost like a, like a suitor, like... I want to give you graces. I'm here. I'm in the tabernacle for you. Each one of you. I died for you and you alone. Or I would have died for you and you alone. And the more we can personalize that. One thing I got to add. This is the thing that's, that's a little. I, 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 Ashley asked me this a couple of years ago. We talk about God being in the panorama of time. That he knows how it's all going to turn out. And she said to me. Well, if he knows how I'm going to turn out. What should I do? I said, you just keep walking one foot. And you just follow him one foot after the other. And well, sometimes I see him at the tabernacle, like an adoration. I, go, I hope you're happy to see me. I don't, I don't want to make you feel so sad. Oh, I'm sorry. We lost you, Chris. Because that comes I'm, up in Bible revelations. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. I'm going to hand it back over to Joe. We want to, because we have a few other questions we want to get to. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Oh, I love it. No, 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 no. Chris, please. I, you know, again, I, it's my, it's Joe's job to be more accommodating. It's my job to be rude. Um, but, um, but I will say this to you, and I think it's a hopeful sign. There are some evangelical Protestants, and they're prominent. They are on YouTube. That's why they're cheesing off a lot of other evangelical Protestants, because they're starting to question their Protestant evangelical view of the Eucharist. Uh, people like Francis Chan and others, okay, who said, you know, not for anything. The more I look at it, and the more I read Scripture, and the more I read John 6, and, and, and the more I understand the teaching of the Catholic Church, I, I, I have to question—he's at least—I haven't know where he is recently. He's at least saying— I have to question whether or not this is a symbol. Um, and I'm paraphrasing Francis Chan, and others others are come along too. I think God will use them to come into the church and I, and and hopefully reinvigorate the 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 belief in the real presence in the church. But I want to hand it over to Joe Resinello. Christopher Castagnoli joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Please visit his website, bookmark it on your, on your Google Chrome or whatever it is you use, www.ourcatholicprayers, one word, ourcatholicprayers.com. Joe, where do you want to head? Chris, you, you said something about, you, you know, your apostolate as a catechist that I want to expand upon. It's about challenging people. I recently listened to uh, Jordan Peterson and Father uh, Bishop Barron. Uh, they have like a long conversation. I listened to just about the whole thing. And 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 Jordan Peterson challenged Bishop Barron in this. It was a very friendly conversation. It was enjoyable, actually, to giant intellects having a very good conversation, and an honest one. And he basically said, what's the problem? Why is there such bleeding in the church? He said that. And he said, no, what I think it is, and he said this, and, and Bishop Barron agreed, you're not challenging people. And Bishop Barron said the same thing. He says, you're right. We're not. You see, people aren't interested. I'll be, I'll speak about me. I'm not interested in lukewarm Catholicism. I'm not, I'm not. Listen, I always say to people, if you're going to steal, steal big. Don't steal 200 bucks. Steal 200 million. Well, now you can steal up to a thousand dollars in some cities. <laughs> so, so big. And if you're going to go for it, go for it. Don't water it down. Talk about that as a catechist, because I think he hit it on the head and Bishop Barron said, you're right. That's part of it. I mean, it's just, and it's a matter of making people understand heaven and hell. 
I mean, that's part of it. That hell exists, we may go there. In fact, the, 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 some some theologians say most of us are damned. Hopefully not. But the point is, we've reached this point where, as you say, lukewarm. If people aren't challenged, and there, there, I've, I've heard that there are bishops and priests that don't want because well, we can't get Susan from the parish council mad at us. Well, you know, if she's mad, I'm sorry. It's like, you know what I love? There's a the book of sermons of Saint John Marie Vianney. I've got one of his, his of his um things on my website from John Marie Vianney on prayer. And it's also a podcast. I call them blogcasts. But he was great because you got the sense he could be pretty pretty strict, but he always ended these these, these homilies like this is what I want for you. There was a sense of love involved, like a like a stern but not a stern father, but not a, a cruel father. A father who's trying to bring out the best in his flock, and we need to be challenged. Otherwise, we're gonna you know we're just gonna go to you know and and that like what you mentioned about the evangelicals. There's almost kind of a sadness because sometimes it's this brokenness. Like they used to say, Bishop Sheen used to say about the communists, they have all the the zeal, we have the faith. Sometimes there's some Protestant pastors that are more on fire for Jesus than we are, of like an Artur Pavlovsky up in Canada. I want to compare, I don't want to name names, but they're priests here who are more lukewarm. No, we need your zeal, but we need you to understand that he said it four times. Now, admittedly, if I'd been there, I was coming back for another fish sandwich, you know, I said, oh, the, the miracles, you know, <laughs> I want more food. I probably would have said, what are you nuts? But then we have the church traditions we have the hosts that have bled we have the private revelations we have the fact that god can do whatever that's why he's god and we're not we always try to put these limits on what well i don't know if we can do it there was a uh what a quote i can't i'm sorry this is so much fun there was a quote from a a, 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 a lutheran minister named rudolf boltzmann and it, it sums up to me so much of what's wrong i don't know if i have the exact oh yeah they love this this is part of the problem with modernism too, gang. I'm sorry if I'm going on a tangent, but no, I love fine. tangents. We cannot use electric lights and radios, and in the event of illness, avail ourselves of modern medical and clinical means, and at the same time, believe in the spirit and wonder world of the New Testament. This is what got us in so much trouble last century. Lenin thought, oh, electricity. Oh, we don't need God. We don't know that stuff. And that's that, that. By the way, this also ties in with catechesis. They did not bring their own lunch. I get so tired of this kind of one here. Somehow, well, God just inspired, or maybe you got, maybe you gentlemen come across this more than I remember. And I put this in my site. There are some schools of thought that said, well, the resurrection didn't happen. It was the apostles had these fond memories. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, that comes from certain Catholic circles, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, are you there crazy? Are some, there are some priests that, like, like, like uh, you mentioned the, uh, the, 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 uh, the bread and the fish. There's a bit. Well, he really didn't do that. It was just about sharing. No, 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 no. he actually did that. He actually, yeah, that God the Father, the creator of the universe, suspended the rules, the, uh, suspended the rules of nature, all right? And and, and he created, you know, because he created those rules, he could suspend them. I like to tell you, God's all powerful. He's not just a little powerful. And he could create bread and fish. No, we believe that he actually, it wasn't about sharing. It was and about also, feeding. And also, I'm sorry to interrupt, this is so much fun. No, no. And just my scripture chops. I've still got to get my scripture chops better, knowing where things are. But they come back the next day, and he says, "Why did they come back the next day? You ate the loaves, and you were still hungry. They wanted, they wanted more food. I mean, he's the king of kings. He's not Burger King, you know. I mean, <laughs> but that's what he gets them. That's what he gets them the, 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 the bread of life. And that's where they're okay. We're we're, gonna, we're out of here. You know, I'll go, I'll go somewhere else to get my food. But the beauty of that miracle—that's the whole point. That's why supernatural. And again, supernatural. This, this is also maybe a gentleman to discover this. Um, I get a little annoyed, particularly nowadays, there are people who will say, well, Jesus was just from his philosopher, but then they'll be dabbling in the occult. Like we have Wendy Witch and Vinnie Vampire and Sammy Satan, and it's like you're talking about the satanic guy. That, that part of the occult they'll believe in, this, this crazy lady with her spirit cooking, but they want to think of Jesus as just a philosopher. You, you, you're so barking up the wrong tree. If you, well, that's you know, the thing, Christopher Crossagnoli. If they want to reject the supernatural, then they have to reject it all if they want to have any credibility. I have atheist friends. I love them. They know I'm Catholic. Okay, they know my views. Okay, they reject all of it. Now, again, they've come to that. Many, many of whom are ex-Catholics, mm -hmm. fallen away Catholics. Okay, but at least there's a consistency there. But like you said, when you want to start saying, well, I don't really believe in that old divine stuff, but Jesus was this really good moral philosopher. And like you said, and then they're cooking up some witch's brew in the kitchen with, with a with a Hillary Clinton, you know, former oh, aide. Okay, then you know mm -hmm. what? Then you're not really being consistent. You're no. not really being consistent because you certainly do believe in, in something that's, that's you know, I, I don't know how to put it, but you know where I'm going with that. Christopher oh, yeah, absolutely. And the worst thing about it is it's, it's spiritual three-card Monte because you want to go there. You know, we all have our cosmic resume when we pass away. I, I, I've, I, my feeling is that I've said this. I've thought about this more and more. 
I want that time when I see Jesus for the first time, I don't want it to be the last time. And too many people think, yeah, it doesn't matter. No, it matters. And you want to sit there and dabble in all that stuff. It depends if you can come back in time. If you don't come back in time, you may say, okay, this is what, this is, you go with the goats and you know, hell is hell. I mean, you know, well, that's that's real. And, and it, it, and it has to be said, but I, I want to talk about the fact that you weren't always a practicing Catholic and now you are and talk about how your life has improved. Because I think there's a conception of people out there, particularly who weren't Catholic, like I'm giving something up. Like my life, there are so many times, like I went to confession yesterday. I leave confession. I feel so good, Chris. I I honestly, my drive back to my house, I always say, I am so happy I am Catholic. I feel so good. Talk about your own experience, because like a lot of people who may be listening, they may be Catholic their whole life. And sometimes we take things for granted. You don't have that experience. How has your life improved because of your Catholicism? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, for starters, I had more of a sense of purpose. And that started back in 1999. I also, my wife went to the ICA program at St. Patrick's Cathedral. She had her eyes on me. And I, 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 was, I didn't even, I was just kind of oblivious. We got married at the church in 2004. She's been such a rock for me. It's just been amazing. I think the biggest thing is the transcendent notion of that there's something beyond just this humdrum life, the whole notion of a personal relationship with God, the whole, all, all these things. Are, and it's important for people, particularly when they feel beaten down, with, you got to give that to God because he's, the, the whole notion that there's something much more than this and something much more loving this, even if we don't fully understand it. Because we we're, we're strange, we're a strange bunch, we humans. We're this composite of body and soul. And I sometimes think, have you ever had this thought sometimes, guys, where when people are particularly rude or awful you think why did jesus want to become one of us you know he didn't come back as a donkey he didn't come as a giraffe he wanted to be one of us so there must have been something about us crazy clueless humans that was that was that he that he wanted to be a part of and, and from the very beginning i always thought those times when you're depressed like you feel like your back is up against the wall figuratively you can open up that door and jesus is there and that's been so much for me just to be able to do the site being able to do the instruction being able to have a, a wonderful wife that helps helps me teach from time to time. She's my better half. It's just, it's all come together very nicely. I just feel very blessed. I mean, I just, my only thing is that is God saying to me, you've done some good stuff, but I want you to do more. And I'm trying to figure out where he wants me to go next with everything. It's, oh, you're speaking, you're, you're preaching to the choir there, brother. Joe and I say the same thing. Yeah. We get up every day. Like you said, mentioned earlier, Christopher Castagnoli joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, as you approach the altar and you put one foot in front of the other. Okay. That requires a lot of trust. Now, I know where I was, I know where I am, and I know that God's grace is operative in my life, okay? But it takes a lot of trust to find to try to figure out, okay, Lord, where are you, where are you? I know you don't want me to stay right here, so where are you putting me? And that's where, I mean, quite frankly, the, the topic of this conversation is about prayer. You know, Mass is where we worship God. It, it, all the glory goes to God. Prayer is where we can ask Him for the things that we'd like to ask Him for, I think, if I have my my Catholic calculus correct, okay? Mass is a time to, to focus on Christ. Prayer is a time to, yes, still worship Christ, but then to, to put my needs and my desires, um, increase in faith, hope, and charity, and all those things uh, in prayer. Now, let me, let's, uh, we're going to try not to get you into too much trouble here uh, at the front line, Christopher Castagnoli joining us, but let's talk okay. about public prayer, if you don't mind, okay? Oh. I, I live in Arizona. Uh, mm. I moved about three or four months ago. Upon my arrival, uh, Jesse Romero, the Catholic evangelist, a lot of people know him. He's been on EWTN a gazillion great, times. Great. He organized a prayer rally in front of the Saguaro Hotel because the Satanists were holding their conference inside. This was here at Scottsdale. About 300 Catholics showed up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, prayed three hours of all those prayers you were mentioning, and then some, okay? Chaplet to St. Michael, the Rosary, all of it. Catholic priest there, laity, all of it. Public prayer, one of the most powerful things I've ever been involved with. Before I left, I was would go down to uh, the first Saturday procession. Father Fidelis runs uh, from old St. Patrick's Cathedral, 8 o'clock, first Saturdays, uh, uh, says Mass, and then we process down to Planned Parenthood. Not this last time because of the lunatics that were out there trying to stop them. How important is the public witness, Chris, when it comes to praying? Again, they like to say we pray at them. No, we're praying for them and many other things. Talk about the importance of uh, publicly praying with other Catholics. 
Well, I think I have to do more of that myself, to be quite honest. Sometimes my public prayers, I'll be praying the rosary on the streets. It just does. Sometimes I, I like to do it ambulatory. Sometimes I find I, I get more meditative thoughts. And some, somebody will stop me and say, hey, that's great. I had one person who was rather nasty one time. I was, you know, it's just, I, it's, I just ignored it. I just said, whatever, you know, I was able to break away. But I need to do more of that. Um, one nice thing I'm, we're hoping, it's, you know, God willing, it's going to happen is like, for example, we used to do the, the Corpus Christi processions outside of the cathedral. And, and there's talk we might be getting that back again in June. I mean, I think, I think, Public, I'm glad you're doing that. I've done that occasionally, not as much as I should. I need to do that a little more because particularly if you can have a processions, I mean, this is part of the devotional life and people say, hey, what's that going on over there? And now it's, it's going to be harder because we've got all these crazy, these crazy pro-aborts out there. But with the, maybe you get one person said, wait a minute, you know, you don't want to stand with Satan. You don't want, you know, it's this, this, what's, what are they, it's the whole thing about Catholicism. They say, I want what they, they've, they've got something. I want some of that. And the more we can make people feel like that without being, you know, just lunatics about, yeah, you know, I think there's been a tendency to make Jesus like a big, warm, fuzzy teddy bear sometimes, which is not good. You know, I think not to go off the track. No, but no, that's, no, that's, no, that's that, very true. No, it's exactly right. In other words, like you mentioned earlier, he's all loving. He's all merciful. He, he became one of us. God, only God knows why. All right. <laughs> just, but he came to save us, but he made it clear that, that, that salvific action requires a response on the part of the individual human person. That's, That's part right. of what I, why I'm not a Protestant. In other words, they think I'm just kind of shielded by Christ. To a degree, I am, but God the Father is still going to look at me and what I did in my life, okay? Yeah. My acceptance of Jesus is, what, is what, where Jesus says, no, no, Joe, God willing, Joe's okay. He looked to me. He had faith in me. But God's still going to be looking at me not Jesus covering over me. You mentioned it earlier. Heaven is a relationship, you know, of, of people. We're a family in heaven. You know what I mean? So, so how am I going to walk through heaven for all eternity and the Father never looks at me because, you, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't, I know I'm ranting a little bit. Oh, but, please, but, I'm not fine. Don't worry. You know, I go off a little bit sometimes. Go for it. Anyway. Enjoy. Enjoy. This is yeah. great. <laughs> you know, Chris, talking about praying in public um on your website you you uh include america needs fatima i'm a big uh believer in that um absolutely because america does need the blessed mother i think we're at a point where only she could help us in many ways you you note on your website say no to after school satanic clubs for children that's a direct uh basically if you ask me you know assault on the the secular culture and i am and i applaud you for it. Because frankly, I think we have to, as Catholics, as believers in Jesus Christ, and frankly, even with our Protestant brothers and sisters, with our Jewish brothers and sisters, have to stand shoulder to shoulder against these things and have to be vocal. I mean, there was a time, and Joe and I did a show on it with the production code, where bishops spoke out against bad movies that basically yes. hurt the culture. We don't do that anymore. And and I don't know why. We are the biggest quote unquote union gathering of people in America. We're Catholic. We should be doing that. Talk about the need to get involved in these type of conversations because you're doing it. Well, you know, it's interesting. This is the fun thing when I was working on this stuff. The Holy Spirit was giving me some thoughts about this. So much of this involves sex and sexuality. It's kind of the third whale because people, have, but I, I've noticed this one thing we can start to maybe like plant these seeds in this hypersex society, these 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 crazy pro boards. Are you happier? Are we happier that everything you can do with everybody and everything? No, we're not happier. We're just, so you can start off with that. Just start off the whole notion of a relationship that, yes, it's difficult. The sixth commandment is difficult. But understand that Jesus was very specific, as was our blessed mother. This is this can land you in hell. Now, you don't want to leave it there. You also want to point out with the benefits of a more shall we say, chaste life, like if you're not married, respecting whether you're gay or straight, those rules that you that the sexual activity is not is just not going to work for as far as your relationship with God. And that's a tough, that this saying is hard, but look what's happened in terms of the license. People fall into bed, they have these relationships, they're so great, then something goes south and suddenly mommy and daddy is mommy and Bruce and daddy and Jane, or nowadays maybe it's Bruce, daddy and Bruce and mommy and Jane. That's not good for kids. 
And kids happen. This is what the thing with the abortion is. They, they want the sex without the procreation. Now, on a fairly secular level, I could sympathize. But once you look into the faith and the eyes of faith, that's a, first off, that's a soul in, in, in the image of likeness of God. And second off, you don't want to do that thing just going from bed to bed to relationship to relationship. I mean, most of us, I'm sorry, it's just, it's not cool. It's not, it's, it's not going to be satisfying. Maybe if you're Mick Jagger or some star, I don't know. But for most of us, it's not going to work. I mean, look at Hugh Hefner. We had a smoking jacket. He had the Playboy Mansion, all this nonsense. But he really, toward the end of his life, something very pathetic about this person. And wait, that's not all. The Me Too movement is kind of a bridge because you say, I'm not just a piece of meat. I don't want to be exploited. But when you have unrestricted sexuality, it's all about we become basically like things to be used. Well, Christopher Castagnoli, but then yeah. but then you have feminists that, that, let's say, jump in with the Me Too culture and say, I'm not going to be used. Then you have the very same feminists writing books uh, praising the hookup culture. Yeah, well, right. if you don't, don't want to be it. looked at as an object and a piece of meat... <laughs> <laughs> then you can't have the other one. Then then maybe right. chastity is something you might want to think about. A man respecting you as a woman is something you might want to think about. One hopeful sign Joe and I were talking about recently um, is uh, younger, the younger generation, I think, is looking to the sins of the past generation, okay? And particularly the women are saying, I don't want that. I don't want what, what my aunt who's divorced three times. I don't want it. I don't want that. You know what I mean? They might, they might, they're taking the lessons of what was I, and, and again, this is where we, we might get you in a little bit of trouble, but we hope, we hope we won't. Um, <laughs> I am of the opinion. I'm not going to speak for Joe Resinello. I am of the opinion that, that the singer who calls herself Madonna was a put up job to destroy the faith and morals of Catholic girls in America. What's with her. Oh, I know. I and believe I, that. Like I, that's why she kept using religious imagery. Uh, in her videos, blasphemy, of course, and I think that's been picked up by the singer who calls herself Lady Gaga. Okay, well, yeah, in other words, course. same thing. They claim the uh, the singer who calls herself Madonna recently tweeted to the Pope, "Can we sit down and talk about sexuality? I'm a I good Catholic that. after all." Okay, now that. here's my thing: you don't want it, you don't want it, you 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 don't want it for yourself, Lady Gaga. You don't want it for yourself. Okay, then guess then guess what? Stop trying to corrupt young Catholic girls, because that's all you've done for 40 years. And and this is going to sound judgmental. If she doesn't repent, she's in trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, I, love I thought your that was comments kind of, on that, Chris. I thought it was kind of sad. I sort of think, I don't want to be excommunicated. Can we please talk? Lady, For also, you're doing this thing with your face, and, the, and the, you have the 29-year-old you discard. You get another 29-year-old. I mean, it's not good. It's just not going to work. You're going to face Jesus, and you may... Say you may have the best you may wind up in a, in a nasty stretch of purgatory, but look, look what you've done. As you said about examples, this is what we had in the 70s and the 80s the, example, the examples of all these decadent rock stars. Decadence was cool. This was the way to the bad boy, the bad this, the bad that. No, it's, it, we, we're so ambivalent about goodness, but God wants to give us a, a, a higher goodness that is really overflowing, but maybe not necessarily in this life. But as far as Madonna, I saw that. I mean, I used to like her music because I, I think she had a good voice. I thought some of her songs were pretty good. But, but as far as the persona, no, it's just it's 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 a little too much. This you know, I, I'm a slut. I'm a slut. I'm a, it's no, no, it's not good. And wait, that's not all. So much of our pop music, they say love as opposed to sex. I remember there's a Bowie line: "All I have is my love of love, and love is not loving." And when I was younger, I didn't quite understand it. I'm at the sharpest knife in the drawer. But he might as well have said, "My love of sex, and sex is not loving." Because people, why in these they're looking for love in all the wrong places, which was another song title. But I'm amazed at how much our, 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 I realized one day this was kind of embarrassment, as much as I love pop songs. A lot of them are just one long invitation. To, oh, I'm sorry. One long no, invitation. No, 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 that's to, okay. Yeah, but, uh, exactly right. Joe Racinello, we have about three minutes. You got time for one more question for Christopher Castagnoli. I just want to comment on something that he said on his website because I, I think it's so important. I mean, as Catholics, I think God gives us the key, the key to life. I really do uh, believe that. But you say this, and this is honest. It says, God hasn't promised us uh, a rose garden in this life. Sometimes we feel more like it's the Garden of Gethsemane, where our Lord prayed in deep agony the night before his passion. Remember, though, that when misfortunes or tragedies hit us, we can withstand them better with God's help. And with day-to-day -day problems, God's prayers can help turn mountains into molehills. Speaking personally about that, Chris, and I want to hear your comments, and I'm so glad you put that, because listen, life is hard, and it's hard for everybody, but God's here to help us. I pray the uh, the novena to Our Lady of Knots, uh, like many times when things get crazy, and they get crazy. I have five kids. I have a job. I mean, That's like life is, you know, and I'll be honest with you, many times 
the problems disappear. God helps us. He holds us by the hand. Talk about that, because that's real. Christopher Castagnoli, just real quick, we have about a little bit over a little bit over a minute, so please. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll follow your timing. I appreciate that. Well, part of what I was, what I was thinking when you gave me that question, first of all, prayer is going to fortify your partnership with Christ. It's going to give you more graces that he wants to give us. And it's kind of a therapeutic. In many ways, you may not feel it. might feel dry, but many times there's an overall sense of a therapeutic aspect to prayer that you say that can make you, it can give you a sense of this is not all there is, my problem, my wife, kids, whatever, the work, the whatever, that there's something beyond that. That's so important. And also giving you hope. Hope is so important. I mean, that's why I could never be an atheist. To me, that's a gun in the mouth philosophy. I mean, this is it. I mean, why would you want this to be it? So I was thinking about that. But the, the important, it's uh, to me, it's, prayers also can be like a spiritual filling station where you're, as you guys were saying, you empty yourself that he can fill you. And, and, and those times that are dry, those times that it's on autopilot, pray anyway, because there are times it won't be on autopilot and it's going to be really something. I mean, I, I would always like to, sometimes you have those little warm fuzzies we all get from God, but God says to me, I'm not here to just give you nothing but warm fuzzies, but they're nice when they happen. <laughs> Christopher Castagnoli, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on the website again. Great. Um, it's www.ourcatholicprayers.com. And I've also got, a, you'll see on the site, there's a link to, I've got um, Catholic Prayers. Let me make sure I got this right. All this research. Um, for podcasts, it's catholicprayerspodcast.com. Um, I've, got, I've got about 150 of those. Many of those are based on um, the prayers that I've done over the years. And also some things I call blogcasts, where I just have my own thoughts about various things. Let me just make sure I've got the right address. Oh, yeah. There's um, ourcatholicprayers.com and ourcatholicprayerspodcast.com. Christopher Castagnoli, and, we want to thank you for coming on the front line with Joe with Joe, brother. We're definitely going to have you back. Well, this has been a tremendous hour. I've enjoyed this. This is so much fun. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'll definitely, we'll definitely have you back. Um, and we want to thank all of you out there for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app and share it with your friends so that you can listen to Veritas anywhere you are. And please follow Joe and I at the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.